Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Are we all ready? Kathy and I, for the last uh, 12 weeks, have been teaching a series on faith. We still have to get into my book, The Five Tests of Faith, uh, and we will get to that in a couple weeks. But what we've been teaching right now was the uh, four ingredients of faith. Within the four ingredients of faith, we understand is a personal knowledge, acquaintance with God. According to the book of Deuteronomy, it says, Know therefore the Lord thy God. God wants us to know Him. He wants us to perceive Him, to understand Him with certainty, with clarity, to the place we have understanding. Brooklyn said it well this morning. Many believers don't know that God is good. How many know He's not good once in a while? His nature is good, so that means He's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So then the second thing is our trust and confidence. You can never have the trust and confidence and firm persuasion of God until you have the understanding of God's character and nature. Number three is a confident expectation of good that's going to come your way. And number four is a conduct that is inspired by the surrender, a life of corresponding actions, newfound obedience, not out of letter of the law, but out of, uh, out of joy and out of purpose is why we serve God. The next thing we want to talk about this morning is the corresponding actions of faith. How many know God doesn't call us to live by our emotions? God doesn't call us to live by our feelings. God doesn't call us to live by our circumstances. Why? Because faith calls the things that be not as though they already are. There's another language of faith that we all have to come up, grow to the place of maturity and the place of understanding. So faith is what gets your prayers answered. Faith is how you exterminate and quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith is in your future, and it's all in the seed principle that God desires you and I to live on. So as I start this morning, I want to share that faith is something that can actually be seen. Is everybody ready? And in Luke chapter 5, you can see this, pick it up. The story, Jesus was teaching, and some of the Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting there. I'm in Luke chapter 5, 17, and it says, And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. And then what happened, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles, and then they lowered the sick man on the mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And then verse 20 says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man. Now, this is what I want you to get right now. This is so important. How many know the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith? And who was it? It wasn't the guy on the mat. It was the four, the four men. I believe it was four men that were actually carrying him because the mat that he was on would be like what we would know today as a stretcher. And, and it had to have a guy at each corner at least to pick him up, to pick him up on the roof, and then to lower him down. They had to have ropes on the mat or something. So they got him there. They lowered him down. But here's the point that I want to bring out. There was a desperation inside of these here men, a determination inside of these here men that if they knew they could get their friend to him, his friend was going to be delivered. He was going to be set free. So there was no questioning in their mind, so they took the steps. Could you imagine Jesus having a meeting, and all of a sudden they're tearing the roof apart? 
And it wasn't just a few shingles. It wasn't just a few tiles. They had to stick the man down the roof. Figure that one out. Come on, guys. And how many know Jesus, when he saw, he saw their faith. And they said, that faith has what made them whole. Now, this is what you need to know. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Every hero of faith we're going to look at today is some of the most uh, unexpected, if you want to tell people, that God puts in his hero faith. How many know Rahab worked for the escort services of the day? Literally, she was a prostitute. Come on. And guess what? She's in God's hero of faith. Gideon was a coward. Gideon was a cave man. Gideon was a man full of fear. And he's in God's hero of faith. Come on. The Middle East problems were caused by Abraham. He's in the heralds of faith. When God came to Abraham at 99 and, and his wife Sarah laughed at the, at the messenger that came and brought the angel of the Lord and laughed at him. And she's in God's hero of faith. Why? Because every one of them got a revelation of God and put corresponding actions to their faith. And they were just everyday, ordinary people that were given by a mission of God, a challenge by God, and they stepped up in faith. They did it, and they're in God's Heroes book today, and that's what we're going to talk about. You know, we need to understand faith. When we act out what God's will is for us, that's faith in action. And what we have to understand is, in order, how do we do that? How do we know what God's will is? We have to, first of all, know God. And, you know, we've talked about that. We've talked about how important that is. And, and we've kind of laid a foundation on that. But you know what? If we just try to do things on our own strength, how many know it doesn't go very far? And so the most important thing we can do is just get, in, get into the presence of God and experience God. And then, you know, knowing him, seeing him. You know, one of the things when we were down at IHOP, um, one of the things they say all the time is behold him, see him. When you see him, you become like him. And how many know God's a faith God? Let me prove to you what a faith God is. You know, when I was down there, we were meditating in the prayer room, and, and this one scripture I was meditating on, and, and they actually tell you down there, you can take a scripture, and they train their uh, students to meditate on the same scripture, sometimes for months, even a year, and they'll get more revelation out of it every time. Because there's layers and layers of revelation right. into the depth of God. And so I was meditating on a scripture that I've read many times before, and I, I want to read it to you because it's so powerful. It says, for he, God, chose us in him before the creation of the world. So God chose you. He chose you before the foundation of the world. I mean, that's got to be a faith God. Come on. He had faith in you. Come on, Kath. Before even he created the world. Just think about that for a few minutes. So he saw you then. He, he saw you. And then it says, it goes on to say, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So now it's saying not only did he choose you, but he saw you holy and blameless. I mean, that's a faith God right there. Right? To see you holy. He sees you holy. He sees you blameless. And so we need to see ourselves as holy and blameless because as we see him and, and as we see who, what he sees, then we will see that. And as we see that, we will become that. Right? 
And that's what the Word of God tells us. And so, you know what? The problem with us is we don't use our faith even on our own selves because we, we look at ourselves. We look at our lack. We look at our weakness. We look at our addiction. We look at our shortcomings. We look at our failures. We look at all of that stuff, and then we believe that's who we are rather than looking at Him and what He sees and see who we are in Him. And, and one of the things God showed me when I was meditating on this, he says, I am your past. I am your present, and I am your future. I am your past. I am your present. I am your future. See, I could look at myself, and I could look at my past. I could look at my mistakes. I could look at my failures. I could look at all the things I've ever done wrong. I could look at all the problems I've had, maybe rejections and fears and all of that stuff. I can look at all of that. But if I look at that, I can't operate in faith. Come on. What I have to look at is what he sees. And he doesn't see my fail, failure past. He sees me in the future. He sees me as a complete overcomer. He sees me walking in complete victory. He sees me even now that way. Even today. And whatever limitations you have. And then he goes on and he says this. And, and this is important because when we see this, when we see who we are and we see what he sees, then we can do the things he wants us to do. And that's putting corresponding actions to our faith. But you can't do that if you don't see it. Because if you're focused on everything wrong with you, then you're not, you're not going to care about what's going on around you or, or who, who's around you. Now, in that time when I was meditating on that, and the Lord showed me something, and I don't know, I, I won't go into detail about it now, but all I could see is he showed me, you are completely free. There's not a care. There's not a concern. There is nothing that he doesn't have covered. And, and we can, you know, we come in here today, and I know a lot of you, you got up this morning, and you had some things weighing you down. You know, maybe you're just having a bad hair day. Or, you know, maybe something happened yesterday. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse. So maybe you didn't know where your daughter was last night. Maybe, you know, you don't know how you're going to pay a bill. Maybe it's hot and you don't have air conditioning. But, you know, we, we get weighed down with stuff and with life. And in God and in faith, there is no care. There is no fear. There's nothing that can stop us. And, you know, we go around all the time, you know, we're, we're always looking at people and we're looking at ourselves rather than looking to him. But when we look to him, he will, we just see him and then we can hear what he has to say to us and then we can do what he wants us to do. Have you ever seen people that walk around with their hand out? Do you know what I mean by somebody walking around with their hand out? In other words, they're always letting everybody know what they need. And sometimes we're focused on that and we miss the one God really wants us to help. Because there's people around constantly trying to take and take and take. Rather than hear God and say, God will tell you where to give. When, one of the things we found out when we were there, and, and I love hearing these things because it just puts things in perspective. We are so entitled and spoiled in this nation. We have no idea what sacrifices people make and how hungry they are to go after God. And when we were in the conference, there was, uh, there was some people there from Cairo, Egypt. And uh, we found out partway through the conference that these people, and they were actually a worship team, I believe, 11 people, that had saved up for a couple of years to go to this conference. And we found out halfway through the week that they had not been eating lunch and dinner because they had no money. 
that they only had breakfast, I guess, that was at the hotel they were staying. And so they didn't have enough money for, for food for the rest of the day. And, but they didn't care. They just wanted to be there. And, of course, we found that out, and, and we got some people together, and we got some money collected and gave them some money. But, you know, we need to realize that we don't know what's going on inside somebody else. We don't know what's happening, but God knows. And our faith has to come when we seek God and we know God and he can deposit information into us where we can be a blessing to others because we are here to demonstrate his love on the earth. We are here to know him, but you can't demonstrate his love if you don't know him. And, and so all of us are just ordinary people, but how many know in the natural we're ordinary people, but we have a supernatural God, right. and we can see into the spirit realm. We can see what's going on in that spirit realm, and we can tap into it by faith and change this world and change the lives of people. Now, you might not change the world by doing some great and mighty big act that's going to revolutionize the country. You know, some people might do that, but, but it's changing somebody's world, Right? It could be one person. How many know every one of us are the hands of Jesus today? Every one of us are the voice of Jesus. Every one of us are the face of Jesus. Every one of us has been given. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you and I are, are epistles. We're living books that actually people read and they watch our lives. When I go out of WCF, everybody knows me in here as WCF as Pastor Rick. But how many know when I'm in the community, I'm not pastor, I, I'm Rick. And I'm just the person, okay, just trying to connect with people, minister to people, love people just like everyone here. And how many know when we all do our part, how many know it's going to make a difference in the world that we live in today? This is what I want to give to you today is about faith. I want you to go in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to go right into verse 37. It says, for in just a little while... The coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous one will live by faith. How many know in the book of Galatians 3, it speaks about now the just, present tense, shall live by faith. In the book of Habakkuk, speaking into the day and hour that you and I live in, the just shall live by faith. The book of Romans 1, 17, the just shall live by faith. He goes over and over and over that you and I are to live by faith. And then he says over there, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who draws back. Draws back from what? Faith. Goes into what? Fear, because God wants us to be men and women of faith. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful one whose souls will be saved. And then he goes into the hero chapter. How many like superheroes? Twelve people in the whole number. How many know that's what everybody wants to be, but the real superheroes were the ordinary people that the book of Acts speaks about and the book of Hebrews lists all who these superheroes really were before them. And it says in 11, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old, they earned a good reputation. How did they earn a good reputation? They did it by their faith. And then it says, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So you'll hear your pastor say many times, the spirit realm, the spirit world is more real than the natural realm. 
And how many know what we live out there, what we found in our solar system, is just so minute to what is actually out there. Let me just tell you something. What they found in the seas is so minute to what's actually in the seas that we don't even know is in the seas. And they're finding creatures. They're finding things. They're finding more and more every day as they go on. But I want to just state the whole universe isn't, listen, isn't an accident. Just didn't evolve. It just didn't happen out there. The Bible says our God, he upholds all things by the word of his power. Come on. In other words, God, God, God is the one that made it all, and he put the positions, he put the planets, he put the solar, he put it all in position, and guess what? They're set out there because God set them out there. It just doesn't happen. If we were just one inch off from where we're at on the rotation, how many know the whole planet could be dissolved? And so if you understand science, you understand these here things, it takes more faith, listen very good, to believe in the lie than it does to believe in what the Word says. And so then he goes on and he said, this is where I want to go. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval on his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now, in order to understand this here, you have to go back to Genesis chapter 4, verse number 5, and then you'll find out the story about Cain and Abel. They weren't just there. They were, they were recorded for you and I. And how many know if you go back to Genesis chapter 4 and you look in verse number 5, this is the first one that God puts out there. Abel is a hero of faith. Can you all say amen? How many want to be a hero of faith? Okay, but here, back up actually one verse. Go to verse number four, and look what it says. Abel also brought a gift. Actually, go to three. Okay, I'll get it right. Do I hear two? No, okay. When it was time for the harvest, what happened? Cain presented what? Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Now, let me ask you a question. Did Cain give something? No, he just brought some of the gifts. He brought some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. If you were a, a farmer, what would be the first part to give to God? The first fruits. Go to the next verse, if you will. And then it says in verse 4, And also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Is that what it says? So let me ask you a question. If you're a farmer, okay, and you're a herdsman, what would be the best part? Come on. The firstborn. Is that right? King James actually says the firstling, and it speaks the first that comes out of the womb. So if you're agriculture, what would be the first part? Come on. It would be the first fruits. Go to verse number five. It says, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And is what happened? And he looked dejected. Go to the next verse. This is so crucial. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Keep going to the next one. He says, you will be accepted, come on, if you what? What was it to do what is right? God, by his daddy and mommy, were given one simple instruction, and it's the same instruction that I gave all six of my children. It's the same instruction that I'm giving to all 16 of our grandchildren, and it's the same instruction that I give to you every week at WCF, that God doesn't want to be a spectator in our life. He wants to be first place in our life. 
And the whole life of faith, when you position God as number one inside of your life, to make him Lord means he's number one. Come on. He says, but if you refuse to do what is right, he says, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it. Notice God didn't say, I'd do it, and, and be its master. Look at the next verse. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go into the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. What happened is so sad because he allowed his offense to get between him and his brother, him and his dad, him and his mom, him. And what happened? That offense triggered inside of him. It was brought out when God accepted his brother's offering, but wouldn't accept him because God says, I will not be a leftover. I'm not going to be something you come up with. It's going to be my way. Can you say amen? And God says, I want to be number one. When he's number one in our lives, things go well. When he's number one in our life, this is what I've learned is that we, revelate, we have the revelation of the goodness of God. Come on. When he's number one in our lives, I've recognized that there'll be adversity, there'll be challenges, but when he's number one, I recognize that we're on a path with God. He's number one in our time, number one in our talents, number one in our finances, number one in our stewardship, number one in our, uh, number one in our serving, number one in our marriage, number one in our family, number one in our home. He doesn't want to be second place, and Des and Kim are going to share with you the power of what an offense can do just like Cain today. That's it. We are never going back to that place again. What place? That place, that place I told you we were going to. That, that place I just came back from. That place whose name will never be uttered in this house again. Uh, can I ask why? Because they're unreasonable. Every last one of them. Oh, I see. Oh, you see, do you? Do you really? Because when I say we are not going back to that place again, that means you too. We are united in this gift. Okay? Okay. Okay? Okay? That's what I said. That's okay. what you said. But that's not what you meant, is it? Is it okay? Means whatever. But okay means good. Okay. Kim, not whatever. Listen, I got something I need to tell you, something I need to communicate. Something happened, I want to share it. Are you going to listen no, to what I'm I No, I'm not listening to anything you have to say right now unless you calm down. Okay. <laughs> Who are you calling? Oh, you'll see soon enough. Someone needs to hear what happened. Hey, Des, where did you go? Where were you, man? I just had a phone call. I had to step out just for a minute. I, I needed, I could have used someone sensible like you in my corner back there. Why, thank you. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Ryan, where are you, man? Okay, listen, I need you over at my house right away, okay? Listen, I don't have time to explain. Just get here right away, okay? Uh, Desmond, what, what's going on? Hey, listen. I'll, it'll all be clear in a minute. I need you to make as many phone calls as you can and tell everybody to get to my house now, okay? Okay. Ha, that's how you say okay. <laughs> hey, Shane. 
Hey, Brenda. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's, uh, hey, Brenda, I need you it's to your come favorite to my good-looking friend. Right away, okay? I got, oh I got something no, I want to share, okay? Yeah, you want to hear hey, this? Hey, um, I need you to come to Death's okay. house, like, right away. You need to get here. No Pokemon to go on the hey, way. Just come hey, straight listen, here. listen, you need to come okay? to yeah, my house. Okay, yeah, just straight here. Uh, right away. I got something I want to Colleen. share, and you know it's Stop. important. Okay? Colleen, I have no idea. I have no idea. Come to Death's house. Yes, great. Hang on, I got... I got Shane on the other line. Come on. Yeah, we need what's to get here like right away. I'm here. Okay, hey, what's up? So you're here. What's, what's going so on? So we're at we're at Desmond's house. Okay, I, I'm okay uh, this, this is great. Um, this is great. This is good. Get off of the oh, Colleen, yes. okay. you too. Like, oh, good. Okay, good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, settle okay. down. Settle okay. down. Okay, settle down. Settle, settle down. down. Settle down. As you know, I attended a meeting at that place. That place whose name will not be uttered in this house again. Mm. Okay. What place is that? Uh, you, you guys, you know the place that you were just at when we called you? Oh. Yes, that place. I feel it's, it's my duty. In mm. fact, it's my responsibility to let you know about some changes that are coming. Oh, there's changes oh, coming. Oh, changes mm -hmm. to our tenants of faith. That's right. Changes mm -hmm. that I do not support. And either do I. And you don't even know what they are yet. But I support that you, I support you about the changes that I don't know about. Why didn't I support you for that? Well, thank you for making that clear. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> it has been decided. It's decided. That the membership will no longer have faith mm -mm. in the lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! Gee oh, whiz. It has been decided that green eggs are better than ham. Yeah, right! Huh, that's there. They have decided not to endorse the sale of Girl Guide cookies <gasps> anymore. No way! Wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about the chocolate thin mints now, are we, my friend? Even for chocolate cream mints. Ah, ah, ah. It's come to this. This is a sad ah, day. Ah. Spread the word. Oh, we're going to spread it. Tell everyone that that place ah is no place mm. to be found dead or alive. Dead or that's it. Come in, come in. We're gonna spread like wildfire. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Scatter! <laughs> Go! <laughs> Go! <laughs> Go! Really? They're all gone. They're gone to spread your personal offense to the entire congregation. Really? That's what you want? So seeds of discord over Girl Guide cookies? Our offense. We are united in this, Kim. Remember? Fine. Fine? Fine. Oh, I know what fine means. That's, that's worse than okay, but not quite as bad as huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
a little bit humorous, but uh, <laughs> many people leave churches offended over something very trivial and, and allow their faith to be shipwrecked. And not only their faith, but the faith of others, because they don't usually do it alone. They try to spread rumors, exaggeration, lies, and things, and get all bent out of shape over things that really do not matter, and throw away what does matter and make shipwreck of their faith. And we've seen it happen many times over the years where people will come into a disagreement, not necessarily with us or the leadership, but sometimes just with someone else in the church. And, and they allow off, and offense will always shipwreck your faith. And that's why God hates it so much. And, you know, we don't have to always agree. And you can learn to love people and work together with people even though you may not agree on every little thing and um, we make the choice to, to to walk that higher road and that's what it is you know jesus doesn't agree with everything you think right a lot of little giggles there but uh, he doesn't agree with everything we all think but he didn't carry that well he took that offense to the cross that's where he took it and he left it there and he died for it so that we could be free and walk in freedom. God sees past what he disagrees with us about because he sees eventually we're all going to be in unity, right? We're all going to see it. And he sees us by faith. And we need to see each other by faith. And we need to live by faith. And we can only live by faith by beholding and knowing him and seeing him. I just want to read this one scripture and then we're going to have communion together. And it's in Hebrews and it says here, um, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. See, when we, have, when, we have, when we draw near to God, God always fills us up with his faith and he has us see things. But it says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. It's not about even us being faithful. He is faithful. And we just have to draw near to him and allow him to do that work in us. And then it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, we want Jesus to come back, and all of us want that. That's our hope. Just like the Jews, they wanted the Messiah to come, and they missed it. A lot of them missed it because they didn't recognize him when he came. Because they were looking for a natural kingdom. And they couldn't see into the spiritual kingdom that God wanted to build. And so the spiritual kingdom operates by faith. And we need to be in faith so we don't miss it. And we also need to be the house of prayer that God has called us to be. And those are the ones that seek God first, love him first, desire him. And out of that overflow, we can love one another and be a blessing to one another. And that's what God's looking for. And so we have to examine our hearts. What gets in the way of that? What gets in the way of that? We all have the same amount of time. I don't have any more time than you have. And you don't have any more time than I have. And if I have time, you have time. Right? It's what is using up your time. So we need to really look at our hearts. 
and say, what are we doing? What really matters? Do we want to live by faith? Do we want to see in the spirit realm? Do we want to see what we can't see with our natural eyes? Do we want to walk in victory and overcoming? Do we want to walk overcoming fear and the cares of this world? Or do we want to carry all that stuff with us? That's our choice. But we become what we see. We become what we look at. Amen. So let's all stand up. To becoming. To becoming. I'm going to read this as we close. And I want everybody, as we open up the scriptures this morning in the book of Acts, we're going to close in the book of 1 John. Chapter 228, Now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there's no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family. Is there anybody here? Come on. Do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are the children of God. So now, listen to this here. Wow. Wow. Those who have been born in God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are the children of God. So now we can tell who are the children of God. And who are the children of the devil? Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why does he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murders don't have eternal life within them. Father, today as we come before the communion table with the bread in our hands, may each of us examine our hearts, examine our motives. Literally look inside if there's anything that the enemy has seeded into our minds, into our thoughts, that would go contrary to what your revealed will and word says, then God, by your grace, by your empowerment, help us to pull that out.
Help us to remove that from our lives. Help us to renew our minds to what your word says so we can position ourselves to divine alignment with you as number one and taste and see that you are good. Let us partake of the bread. Father, Father, we thank you for the blood that sealed the covenant, the faith covenant that you had for us and adopted uh-huh. us as your children so that we could be like you and that we could live like you and think like you and speak like you and be your voice on the earth. And so, Father, help us to seek you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love you with our whole being so that we could be infused with that faith that you desire us to live by. Lord, help us, Father, to honor you in all we say and do. And, Lord, to lay aside any distractions that would keep us from the time we need to see your face in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood. How many got something out of this today? How many are going to walk by faith? How many are going to live by faith? How many want to see his salvation to your family members? Okay. How many want to see it to your neighbors, to your loved ones? Then let, me, let me just share a little secret. They're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. Amen? That's all I can tell you is people are waiting on you. Bring them out next week. We're going to have a great time, and maybe your family will be baptized next. Maybe they're the ones that can come into the kingdom. And I want to encourage every man and woman here, have the most amazing day of your life, and thank you for coming to WCF today. Look forward to next week.